The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org. I'm Carly Weisberger. On this episode, we bring you a conversation with Scott Friesen from the American Diabetes Association. Phil Bussey, it's the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm joined in the studio with Scott Friesen, who is the development director, associate development director uh, for American Diabetics. Diabetes? American Diabetes Association. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, I I, I didn't have the formal name there. Um, This is going to be it. Let's let's start with some simple questions and and, um, maybe what is diabetes? What is diabetes? So diabetes is classified by the body's um, inability to produce or effectively use insulin, which is, you know, what controls your blood sugar. Um, So there's a few different types. Type 1 is actually when the the body's immune system attacks the cells in the pancreas, which produce insulin. Um, And type 2 is when, you know, usually later in in life it develops, um, the body is not able to use insulin as effectively. So it's called insulin resistance. And so what what signs uh, uh, do people have? Well, that's an interesting question because the early signs of diabetes often go unnoticed. So, you know, people might not, if they're not getting tested or talking to their doctor, they might not realize it until, you know, complications already start to develop. Um, uh, the biggest complications of diabetes, you know, are, you know, heart disease, liver disease, kidney disease, um, amputations, uh, uh, blindness, I, um, retinal, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Failures. Yeah. Retinal failures. Uh, and, and so 90%, I, I think I saw this on your website, 90% of people that have diabetes don't know it. So that's actually pre-diabetes. Okay. So there's about 84 million Americans who have pre-diabetes and 90% of them don't know it. And and um, let's talk about pre-diabetes. So I'm a bit of a hypochondriac. So I'm going to walk out of this interview and I'm going to be convinced that I have diabetes. Um, what, what, what would somebody do if you uh, to stave off diabetes or if you have pre-diabetes, how can you veer the course? Yeah. So diet and exercise are really the key preventative and management um, techniques for diabetes and pre-diabetes. Um, and it's not like you have to, you know, completely change your entire um, food habits or go out and become a triathlete. It's really just about small um, everyday decisions that you can use to be more intentional about what you eat, when you get active, um, just kind of building those into your everyday routine. Because our lives are pretty much set up around convenience and affordability. Um, so, you know, people usually just grab what's easy, what's quick. Um, you know, we all live really busy lives. So it's just about taking the time to plan out your week, you know, what you're going to eat and be intentional about it. What are some good foods and what are some bad foods? 
Well, um, you know, get, just having diabetes doesn't mean you have to give up everything. Like I still enjoy, you know, pizzas and donuts and all that kind of stuff, but I do it uh, in moderation. Um, the good foods that you want to eat are fresh vegetables, fresh fruits, lean proteins, um, starches and um, carbs are still okay. You just want to make sure you eat them in moderation. Um, so when we talk about building your plate, you know, what your food looks like, it should be like half um, fresh vegetables and um, a quarter protein and a quarter carbs. Um, so it's really like what kind of what we grew up learning about, you know, eating all the carbs and that being the base of your, you know, nutritional period. Uh, pyramid is not um, really the case. Yeah, I was going to say that. I don't think that's what my plate looks like, and I don't think that's what I'm making my kids. I'm going to need to do some new geometry on yeah. the dinner plates. We've got uh, an amazing resource you can actually check out at diabetes.org, which is called our Food Hub. They've got really great and convenient recipes. Um, I actually use that to cook with about you know three to four nights out of the week. And and one of the other things I, I, I believe I pulled off your website was one out of three kids after the year 2000 are now uh, uh, lifestyle is towards uh, diabetes. Is that is that ballpark? Is that, am I am I getting that that information correct? You know, sadly, more and more kids in America are being affected by diabetes. Uh, it used to be primarily type one diabetes that was um, diagnosed in youth. Uh, whereas type 2, you know, insulin resistance would develop later on in life. Mm -hmm. Now we're seeing uh, more and more kids, about 5,000 kids every year, who are being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And, and, and nationwide? Nationwide. Okay. And and again, the, the underlying reasons for that are, is what? Um, diet and exercise, really. I mean, if you look at the lives of, you know, Americans these days versus, you know, you know, back when our parents were growing up, is there's a lot more inactivity. People, you know, there's not even physical education classes in some schools. Um, a lot of neighborhoods don't have safe and um, easy places to go outdoors and play. Uh, people are more indoors, you know, video games, tablets, cell phones, um, all that kind of stuff. And uh, physical activity is really, like I said, one of the main um, prevention and management tools for diabetes. There's a little bit of an odd reference point, but the other day I saw a photograph of Lauren Hardy and, and uh, you know, the, the sort of vaudevillians. And, yeah. and I'd always had in the image like skinny guy, super fat guy. And I was like, he's not that fat. He's really what we would consider a normal body at this day and age. Like I, for some reason that really struck me about how, right, Americans and children have gotten pretty doughy over the last 10 15 years and and that's not just a cosmetic thing that is that is there's very deep medical issues that's causing right and you know there is a lot of disparities in healthcare and access to healthcare for many Americans um, that you know don't have affordable access um, don't have you know primary care physician who's walking them through all of these uh, prevention and you know lifestyle um, choices. And 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 so your job is to get people to donate money to help the programming. Is that correct? Right. I should probably have led with the fact that I'm not a medical professional. I'm actually a fundraising professional. So I work on the development side of what we do. Uh, I think my job is really fun. I actually get to be kind of like an ambassador for wellness and and health. And I'm out there talking to people, 
you know, it's not just about raising money. It's really about building partnerships in the community, going out and talking to companies about, you know, what their employees can do to build wellness and health into their, you know, workplace. Um, And of course, I get to go out and drum up support and, you know, work with our champion fundraisers, build teams, get corporate development sponsorships on board. Is there a sales pitch that you can give us right now? I know that's a very general (laughs) prompt, but... I just talk about the numbers, honestly, and that usually sells itself. The numbers are really staggering right now. You know, we talked about that 84 million people in America with prediabetes. There's 30 million people living with diabetes currently. It's one of the biggest health epidemics of our time, and it's not getting enough awareness as it should be. You know, you kind of see these other causes like HIV and cancer, they get a lot of buzz. There's a lot of celebrity behind it. Um, Because of the nature of diabetes and kind of the stigma, I think, that exists around it, it doesn't get as much widespread visibility, which is kind of where my role comes in. You know, I go out and I talk to people about the numbers. I talk to them about the epidemic and what we can each kind of do to drive bending that curve. And do you feel like you're making a a dent in that mentality? I do. I think we are really lucky to have a great new CEO, Tracy Brown, who is living with diabetes, who's out there talking to people about diabetes, making it um, in the forefront. And it's really inspiring to see these new partnerships and this new um, growth that we're making across the country and being able to be part of that here at the local level and kind of be like the boots on the ground reinforcing that message. Uh, and and right, so just to clarify, so you're the CEO is of the national organization of the American Diabetes Association. Correct. And then you work with uh, the Pacific Northwest or the a, a chapter. Right. So we're the Oregon and Southwest Washington chapter. There's another office up in Seattle. Um, before I came here, I was actually in the Bay Area working for ADA. Um you know, and and uh, talk about that a little bit more about fundraising for a regional organization that's part of a national chapter. I mean, because Portland is different than uh, than than Kansas City, right? And you need to make different sales pitches. I imagine you have different uh, um, demographics that you're working with. How much of your job is is balancing the national directive with a a, a regional audience? I think, like you said, Portland is a very unique place. And most of the people that I talk to, they want to support Portland. You know, Um, they do understand the epidemic and the, the numbers across the nation, but they're like, what are we doing here locally? So I'm really lucky in the fact that I get to talk about these really amazing broad programs that ADA offers, you know, these online tools like the Food Hub I mentioned, Living with Type 2 Diabetes, which supports people in their first year of diagnosis, Um, you know, all the amazing research and advocacy and education we do. But I get to balance that with some really amazing local um, deliverables that we do right here. And 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 I want to do a little bit more of this regional comparison. So in your background, you you had uh, worked in fundraising in San Francisco with the uh, AIDS Foundation, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah. And and how can you compare uh, giving in San Francisco to giving in Portland or community engagement? Is is there a difference that that you have found? 
There's definitely a difference. And working, you know, in the Silicon Valley, um, San Francisco market was a lot more challenging. You know, there's a lot more competition. Everyone's going after the same companies, you know, and, and trying to, you know, hit them up for their cause or their event. And to some degree, that exists everywhere you go. But, you know, being a local Portland's, you know, cause and events, we get to go out and talk to people about what we're doing here in the community, you know, how we work with um, the school districts to provide trainings for kids who are newly diagnosed. Um, but I will say the, you know, it's a lot easier to, to emerge into the market here in Portland and out in the Hillsborough area. Okay. Scott Friesen is the Associate Director for Development for the American Diabetes Association of Portland and Southwest Washington. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah. Uh, Let's take a little music break. You brought in a song. I did. I brought in a song by Nick Jonas. Uh, The reason I chose this song, you know, if you actually go Google, um, you know, diabetes songs... Most of the stuff that comes up is about sugar or sweets, um, which I think kind of, you know, lends itself a little bit more into some of the stereotypes around diabetes. So I chose this song because Nick Jonas actually wrote it about living with type 1. Let's take a listen. said I had to stay a little bit longer and I'll be fine when I thought it all been done when I thought it all been said a little bit longer and I'll be fine we don't know what you got till it's gone and you don't
all the highs and lows have gone a little bit longer and I'll be fine I'll be This is the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm talking to Scott Friesen, who is the Associate Director of Development for the American Diabetes Association in Portland and Southwest Washington. Uh, before we get back into talking about your job, you got a lot of tattoos. I do, yeah. This I... is radio, so people, people aren't necessarily <laughs> going to see this. Um, can you give us a story about one of them? Um, well, I got the octopus tattoo, actually. It's my biggest piece. I got it on my shoulder. Um, I've really always been fascinated by um, cephalopods growing up. That's the uh, scientific term there. Thank you for the translation. <laughs> um, I just think they're really cool. They're super smart. Um, they can, you know, fit through really tiny places. And they actually, in the aquariums, they let themselves out of the cages and uh, can cause some mischief, which I've I there, kind of identify with. <laughs> there was a fan, I, I believe it was in Australia or France, and I, and I know those are very different places, but there was an, a, an octopus that escaped a few years ago, and they finally they looked at the security footage, and it had gotten out of the, the its its aquarium, crawled across the floor, went down the drain, and and freed itself. Yeah. That, that is, that's remarkable. Um, Let's talk about a specific fundraiser that you do, the the, the Tour de Cure. De Cure. Tour de Cure, yeah. Uh, what is that? It's, it's, it's a bike race or a bike uh, ride? That's part of it, yeah. It is a bike event. Uh, we also have a 5K, so that incorporates a run and walk. Uh, we really just want to make sure, you know, whatever you do, whether you're a rider, whether you're a runner, or whether you just want to get out and, you know, participate, we want everybody to be a part of this event and, you know, and fight on behalf of, you know, people living with diabetes. That happens around Portland or where does it happen? So right now it's out at Amber Glen Park in Hillsboro. Okay. We have a long history here in the Portland area. The event actually used to be called Summit to Surf, and it went from Timberline to Hood River. Um, you know, back out in the day before there was a lot of competition with cycling events. Mm -hmm. Around 2008, we moved it out to the west side um, so that we could ride through wine country and, you know, kind of do more of a circular event where we have a start-finish location that's the festival. Mm -hmm. And then from there, the routes kind of go out in these concentric circles and they all come back to the same place. Oh, I want to pick up on that point of that, that you have a lot of competition. That's interesting. So you, there's a lot of competition for these, these um, bike events now. Yeah. Um, I, and, and do you have one or two events that are your main competitors? And I know it probably feels like uh, counterproductive to mention them, but who, you know, I don't think of them necessarily as competition because there's different, <clears throat> uh, you know, there's different communities for every cause. There's, you know, a lot of people, to be honest, in Portland area, they do a multitude of these events. So mm -hmm. um, I myself is, am an avid cyclist. So I do about, you know, four to five of these other events per year. Um, you know, you have the big powerhouses like Seattle to Portland, mm -hmm. you know, um, Bridge Pedal. Uh, and then you have, you know, smaller events that happen throughout the year. You know, you can just do a you know, the Harvest Century or some of the other causes like, you know, um, Ride to Defeat ALS. And and so people get fundraised, are they, they, they're sponsored per mile or how does that work? 
So for Tour de Cure specifically, we have a $250 minimum for mm-hmm. all cyclists who participate, as well as a $100 minimum for the runners and walkers doing the 5K. So people, you know, from the point that they register for the event all the way through the end of July, they get to fundraise, um, you know, peer-to-peer donations. Um, they can do it however they want. So some people might ask them to be, you know, ask their donors to sponsor them per mile. Other people, you know, just kind of go out and say, I'm doing this event. I'm supporting American Diabetes Association. And can you, you know, can you also support them with a donation? And and um, what other ways are that, that, that you try to get people engaged? I mean, do you, do you need, um, do you need volunteers? I mean, is that, is that, part of the equation that you're trying to draw in as, as a development director? Yeah, for sure. We are always looking for any way that anybody wants to get involved. So we're hoping to have about 600 cyclists, runners, walkers, all for this event. Uh, it happens on July 25th, 2020. We also need a couple hundred day of event volunteers to come out. Those are the people that support the rest stops. They help with check-in. They help with all the recognition gifts that people get. Uh, and really, I think one of the most fun volunteer opportunities is just to be the cheerleader that cheers people in as they come in from mm-hmm. their ride or run. So, you know, if you think about it, some of these participants have been out all day long. They might have done 60 or 100 miles. You know, they're worn out. They're tired. And when you come in through that, you know, finish arch, you really, you know, having that that buzz of people like cheering you on is really important. And then just finally, um, I, I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of reasons for people to go to your website, to learn more about diabetes, to get recipes, uh, to to sign up for volunteering or for the the ride itself. Uh, any, any other pitch that you want to make about how people can be involved or supportive about the American Diabetes Association? You know, I'll just throw out there that uh, I, I would love to talk to anybody who is interested in getting involved, who maybe has a connection to diabetes, or even not, you know, just somebody who's interested in being supportive and joining this fight. Uh, all you need to do is go to diabetes.org slash tour PDX. That's T-O-U-R-P-D-X. All my contact information is on that page. So reach out. Let me know. Scott Friesen is the Associate Director for Development at the American Diabetes Association of Portland and Southwest Washington. Thank you for coming in, and thanks for the work that you're doing. Thank you, Phil. Nonprofit Happy Hour is made possible by Beneficial State Bank, a certified B Corps that holds to what it calls a triple bottom line of social justice, environmental well-being, and economic sustainability. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our executive producer and editor is me, Carly Meisberger. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. 
questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in.